0: I'm Tim. That's all right. Oh. And I'm Jordan. (laughs) And there's failures, flops, and fiascos. you say our purpose in this podcast is so far
1: oh definitely to bring to the masses the beauty that surrounds us every day definitely helping people to appreciate being around failures mm. flops and fiascos experiencing them in your own life and other people's lives mostly in our case we're just experiencing it in other people's lives yeah
0: I have appreciated the fact that most uh, failure stories have like, a, well, they overcame this and they they succeeded afterwards. Most of the ones we've talked about so far, it's they just did. a fail. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> it just it didn't work out. No, nope. so, and that's just how cruel life is. Sometimes. That's right. That is right. So, you know, well, that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Is more of a fiasco.
1: I think this is kind of our first foray into uh, fiasco.
0: Yes. Um because when we get into it, it didn't really fail. But getting to the point where it was successful, it was a fiasco. Okay. In in my opinion. Okay. We'll we'll get yours. We're gonna talk about a little band called Guns N' Roses. Oh
1: jeez, <laughs> and uh, and
0: their album, Chinese Democracy. Okay, I already have opinions. Let's let's get. Let me hear some of your opinions first. I love some of Guns N' Roses songs,
1: especially like they're very popular ones. "Sweet Child of Mine" is one of my favorite classic rock songs of all time. Love the guitars. Love the singing. I like Slash. Just from what I've seen in interviews, I cannot stand Axl Rose. This
0: may not change your opinion. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm ready for it. Have you heard any of Chinese Democracy? Is that the one they made a song um,
1: about civil war?
0: No, actually. No. no. That was actually part of their um, Use Your Illusion album sets. It was Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion 2, which were very successful. Okay. Um, and at that time, they were a massive band. Ninety Early 90s. I mean, everywhere you look, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular album was so hyped... And so Wanted, and this is, we're going to talk about the fiasco that it became. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. (laughs) So if you may or may not know already, Guns N' Roses was formed in 1985 um, with members Axl Rose, Mm -hmm. Tracy Guns, who went on to form uh, L.A. Guns. I don't know if you know that band. Nope. Pretty pretty decent uh, '80s hair metal band, I guess you could say. Okay, famous? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Izzy Stradlin, he was the rhythm guitarist. <laughs> Old Beach, I'm going to say ba- Beach, bassist, and Rob Gardner on drums. Okay. Two of those members ended up being what we know as as Guns and Roses uh they were uh they were very successful obviously like you said they have a lot of great songs their first album appetite were destruction Uh probably i could play that every day of my life and never Mm -hmm. get sick of it they were introduced into the hall of fame in 2012 and they've sold under 100 over 100 million records worldwide wow uh that makes them obviously one of the most successful bands in history but we're going to talk about the album Chinese Democracy. So this album took 14 years to record. Wow. That's quite a bit. It was it was a long time. Yeah, cuz um,
1: I mean, I'm an independent like you could say I'm an independent artist. Yeah. I took my leisurely sweet time
0: and I recorded an album in like Two years. Which seems really reasonable, right? Oh, yeah. Most, I mean, big artists that you enjoy, I know I enjoy certain artists, it seems about two years. Oh, yeah. Maybe three.
1: Yeah. Three's kind of pushing it. Honestly, yeah.
0: Um, Especially for someone of that big of a caliber. Exactly. And also, in my opinion, you can also release in too soon. Yeah. There are a lot of artists that like, oh, well, we got three albums coming out this year. Right. I barely got through the first one. But you're right. I mean 2 years that seems pretty pretty reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. This was going to be their 6th studio album and it was actually released on November 23rd, 2008. Chinese
1: Democracy. Chinese Democracy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Their last album prior to this was a collection of uh like cover songs like punk songs that they grew up listening to, okay. which was actually, I owned that one too. It was, it was pretty cool. It was called uh, The Spaghetti Incident. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me want to go out and find the actually, the original songs to that. So it wasn't like, oh, this is a good Guns and Roses album. It was like, oh, let me go find those albums. Right, okay. Um, this was going to be their first original album since 1993. That's a pretty big chunk of time. Yes. It was banned in China. Go figure. <laughs> <Of
1: course.
0: laughs> but it had it had pretty good success in America. It debuted at number 3 on the Billboard 200, which is that's pretty good. But honestly in in I mean if you're thinking about it like, oh, finally Guns N' Roses comes out with an album, I think the number 3 is more out of curiosity. You want to buy it because you're interested. You love Guns N' Roses.
1: Yeah,
0: It was certified platinum. It was recorded in 15 recording studios. Okay, see, (laughs)
1: there's a big issue there. Because especially if you do this over the course of a song, the studios are set up differently. The mics are different. The cables are different. Maybe not the instruments, but the tech behind the Oh yeah. You know, behind the mixing boards is gonna be different. So immediately the first thing that comes to my mind when you record it in fifteen different studios, to me that means that you're recording different fifteen different settings of a song. Yeah. Which is a big That's no no. Yeah, that's huge they went off and sold a bunch of albums so I mean I, who am I to say but
0: but it kind of like it sets you back a little bit right oh yeah yeah. Uh, it featured dozens of artists such as Robin Robin Fink of Nine Inch Nails Brian May of Queen mm. Dave Navarro of the Chili Peppers or the Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, of he was a guitarist for Jane's Addiction Frank Fear, Fur. Of the psychedelic furs, I didn't know that. Brian Patrick Carroll, or AKA Buckethead. Do you know Buckethead? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion of Buckethead?
1: The only opinion I have of him is based off of like one video I ever saw. I had a friend growing up who was uh, he was into playing guitar, and he looked up to Buckethead. Okay. I saw a video of Buckethead. And it was alright. I mean it, it sounded yeah. good. Sounded talented, but it wasn't enough for me to like go out and seek his music.
0: Okay. I get that totally. He has a definite unique way of playing for sure. And and it's it's good for what he does. Okay. How would you compare him to Slash?
1: Okay, I remember thinking Buckethead was Good technically, but I think Slash does a much better job at putting
0: emotion into his playing. Game. Oh, okay, I like that, because it, it's so different.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I would say Slash makes you feel the music much more effectively than
0: okay. Buckethead yeah. does. Yeah, we'll get to that. I only asked that because there's. A little development that comes up here. This album remained in what is called developmental hell for a long time. Obviously, fifteen years. Yeah. Uh, the media term for when a piece of project is stuck in a develop in development for an extended period of time due to legal, mm-hmm. technical, mm-hmm. or artistic challenges.
1: Oh, and I imagine that was a nightmare with Axl Rose. Uh,
0: it, Yeah, we'll get into that. So, technical. I mean, you kind of mentioned that, obviously. Yeah, recording uh, at 15 different studios isn't going to help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, illegal. That becomes interesting. We'll, we'll go on. It was originally planned to be released in 1999, which was a longer period of time considering, but not nearly as long as it ended up being cuz you said before it was 1993
1: when their album came out they were, they were started working on this new album they intended for it to be done in 99 yes okay
0: yeah uh with songs written i think even some of them mostly fully recorded just they needed that final like uh what do you call like it mixing mastering yeah, mixing. yeah exactly that kind of thing maybe a few edits here and there it says that gnr or guns and roses recorded over 50, 50 songs with the plan of releasing multiple albums the the cost exceeded 13 million dollars oh my gosh which is 19 million dollars today
1: oh my gosh
0: just in recording fees yeah. and... yes
1: oh my gosh
0: it became the most expensive rock album ever produced the Chinese democracy tour began in 2001 becoming famous for canceled shows and riots. Oh. Oh, this is not good. So if if you're <laughs> if you're going to actually tour with a with a, an album, you should probably have an album. Have an album. Let's get into the meat. All right. We're going to go back to February of 2001. I meet a man named Jimmy Iovine. That's not an L. The head of Geffen Records. And Jimmy asked Tom Zutot to help GNR complete Chinese democracy. Tom has bands signed such as, or had bands such as Motley Crue and Tesla. Pretty big names. Yep. But before Zutat could join the project... He had to be approved by Axl Rose's personal psychic.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: The psychic used See I'm already annoyed. (laughs) The psychic used photographs to check Zutat's aura (laughs) and ultimately approved of him joining. Great. (laughs) There goes part of the nineteen million, right? Yeah. We need a a psychic. A personal psychic. Personal uh, So now we're going to go, we're going to uh, flash forward a few years to 2008 and meet Kevin Coghill. <laughs> 27-year-old Coghill illegally uploaded nine of the 14 tracks of the CD album. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> the good old days when you could download illegal music. I, I probably shouldn't say it. Good old days, huh? A lot of people might be upset about that. Bear share. (laughs) Do you remember bear share? Uh, I do remember bear share. That was my jam. That Kazaa, did you do Kazaa? Kazaa? K-A-Z-A-A. Not that I remember. Oh my God. I remember LimeWire was a thing, but... LimeWire, yeah. My thing was bear share. Uh, Oh, was the other one? The torrent sharing. Oh, it was so fun. That's how I learned about a a lot of different bands, was just downloading their... Just illegally? Yeah. I didn't even know it was illegal at the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Where were we? Anyway, Coghill illegally downloaded the nine, or uploaded the nine of 14 tracks uh, of the CD. It's still unknown how he acquired these tracks, but he pleaded guilty. Ooh. So this is, that's one... Court case. That's just one. Hmm. But he never received prison time because, according to Coghill, he was not charged for copyright infringement because the court could not prove that the album was being prepared for commercial distribution. Wow. That's pretty awesome.
1: That is awesome.
0: Quote, The U.S. government would have to prove in court that Chinese democracy was really coming. And no one at the RIAA or the label had informed the government that these songs had been lying around for 14 years. Oh. Only that they had cost $12 million. Okay. (laughs) Coghill's arrest resulted in a large boost of illegal downloads of, of the album, and he only served two months house arrest. Wow. That's awesome. Good for him. Probably downloading illegal music the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably. probably. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he was required to make an, anti-pir- an anti-piracy an anti video with the R- Record Industry Association of America. Oh, or, my gosh. Or the R-I-A-A.
1: Okay. So I just want to make sure I get this. He somehow acquired this music. Illegally, which is kind of quote like, unquote okay. So Illegal. it could have yeah. been like maybe somebody at in the band or in the studio was like,
0: Hey, hey listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Let,
1: let's let's whet the appetite of the audience a little bit. So he gets a, a hold of these tracks, releases them, he goes to court, but they can't charge him guilty because there's no proof that they were planning on releasing these songs. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Uh-huh. If you're an artist and you have your, you know, music
0: recorded yep. but just haven't released it yet, that is kind of scary. But it kind of makes sense why sometimes we do find music of artists that has never been released. Yeah. How does that happen? I honestly
1: think I mean, obviously you're talking about people artists who This is their job, and they're very successful. They make so much music, but only a small percentage actually makes it to
0: market. Hmm. Well, while we're in 2008, let's talk about Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, On March 26th of 2008, Dr. Pepper offered everyone in America, a free can of Dr. Pepper if the CD was actually released in 2008. Okay.
1: I feel like we could make an entire episode on
0: that alone. Oh, I'm sure we could. Okay. Everyone. Everyone.
1: Which is like, what, 300
0: million? Yeah. 300 million people yeah. Yeah. live in America? Uh, uh, Yeah. About 2008, 300 million. Yeah. Yeah. Give or take. However, on the album's release, Dr. Pepper's website crashed due to high demand of coupons. <sighs> Two days after the album release, Axl Rose's lawyer, Alan Guzman, says, quote, The redemption scheme your company clumsily implemented for the offer was an un- the offer was unmitigated disaster, which defrauded consumers and in the eyes of vocal fans ruined Chinese democracy's release
1: oh yeah sure (laughs) Dr. Pepper ruined the
0: release yeah that's yeah exactly that's what (laughs) oh
1: my gosh
0: made it and demand they demanded a full apology to appear in the Wall Street Journal (sighs) USA Today the New York Times and the LA Times yep
1: I just know Axl Rose had something to do with that
0: oh no doubt. I'm even more irritated. <laughs> but <laughs> on a personal note, I got one of those Doctor Pepper. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> a can of Doctor or Doctor Pepper. Uh huh. Uh-huh. How did I don't, you- I don't remember if I actually had the uh, coupon or not, or just convinced whoever was working that it was a, it was a real thing. But I got one. Wow. Yep.
1: So you were at work when it happened? Yep. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. The next year, the album faced yet another fiasco. We're going to talk about a man named Ulrich Schnauss. Ulrich, like U-L-R-I-C-H. Oh, You say that again? U-L-R-I-C. That's it. Ulrich. Okay. Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah. Like Lars, but not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schnauss? Schnauss? Schnauss is a German musician based in London who is best known for being a member of the group Tangerine Dream. Okay. Do, you, do you know them? I've heard of them. I've, I'm with you on that one. I, I've heard a song or two. Yeah. Very popular in some genres, I guess, or for some people. Mm-hmm. Schnauss' reco- re- record label, Independent, Independente... And Domino <laughs> sued GNR for one million dollars for copyright infringement. Sued who? Guns and Roses.
1: Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. G and R. I thought it was like
0: G and G- R. Yeah, G and R. They claimed that Guns and Roses had used Schnau's composition in the song "Raid in Bedouins." Raid in Bedouins. I don't know if I'm saying that right it's a song it's one of the songs on the album the suit claimed that this came from his album Wherever You Are and Strangely Isolated Place And a strangely isolated place never heard of it Hmm. so how many uh, how many court cases is this now this would be assuming
1: we're, we're counting Axl Rose's attempt to sue Dr. Pepper, this would be number three.
0: Three. Guns N' Roses denied all allegations, obviously, and manager Irving Azoff stated, quote, "...the snippets of ambient noise in question were provided by a member of the album's production team who has assured us that these few seconds of sound were obtained legitimately." while the band resents the implication that they would ever use other artists work inappropriately and are assessing possible ac- counterclaims they are confident this situation will be satisfactorily satisfactorily resolved hmm. so what is it? that to me that to me sounds like they did it
1: yeah to have to <laughs> like to actually acknowledge it i yeah. think i think that's kind of telling and yeah. they do that all the time. Oh yeah. Artists do that all the yeah. time.
0: The Rolling Stones side note. Uh you know the band The Verve? Oh yeah. Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. The Rolling Stones sued them for the like a few seconds of music on uh Bittersweet Symphony. Really? And and got half the royalties.
1: For life? That's I believe crazy. so, yeah.
0: Um, I I mean, you would have to look into that. I don't, like, I'm not that smart, but I remember hearing something like that.
1: And the Verb was okay with that? Like, they just kind of agreed to it? Yeah. I think they had to.
0: Man. Yeah. Uh, Another lawsuit was in (laughs) 2010. Number four. (laughs) When GNR manager Irving Azoff, his company, Frontline Management, sued Axel over unpaid concert fees. Axel countersued Azov for five million, claiming that he had sabotaged the album's release. Axel claimed Azov had abandoned GNR on the eve of a major tour, after devising and implementing a secret plan to set up Rose and the, cur- the current band for failure, so that Rose would have no choice but to reunite with the original Guns N' Roses members. Which I can't say I blame him. Uh, Axel also claimed that Azov leaked the album tracks as part of his plan to take down the whole project. Eventually, the suit was settled outside of court in two thousand eleven. Yeah. So, I'm backing up a little bit, I would ask you about Buckethead compared to L- Slash. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere before the even the actual. Recording And and Like Releasing of the album Back In early Maybe late 90s Slash left the band Right Duff McKagan left the band The bassist Okay uh, I believe Their rhythm guitarist Who was not Izzy Stradlin But Gilby Gilby Clark I believe his name was He left the band so, the only people left, I believe, were the drummer and Axl Rose.
1: Did they give any reason as to why they left the band? Because I have a theory, but... What's your theory? Axl Rose. Oh, bingo. That guy, that guy has got to be the
0: worst person to work with. Uh, I'm sure he was. And I'm at the time. I'm sure a lot of them probably were not sober. Yeah, and, and or I don't. working on sober, sobriety. <laughs> See, so, I, I think absolutely. I mean,
1: I'm not saying Axel is a hundred percent to blame, but knowing, especially at that time, how successful they were, they probably had a lot of personal problems as right. a result of the success and no doubt that made things more difficult but i can't imagine having to work with a person who thinks so much of himself Uh uh-huh like axel there's no way i would do that yeah even if i was successful i think i would abandon the band
0: yep Uh, i did read one thing about how slash wanted to do a or maybe they had he wrote songs that he wanted to use for Guns N' Roses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not 100 accurate, but I think Axel didn't like him at the time, so he used him for himself. He released a, a solo album. Slash did. Slash did. Yep. And Axel didn't like that either. Oh my god! Like he didn't want he didn't want him releasing a solo album with his own things, mm-hmm. but he also didn't want to use the songs that he wrote. Yeah. See, and so that would be
1: person to work with.
0: Oh yeah. So, needless to say, by the time the CD was actually released, Axel Rose was the only remaining member of Guns N' Roses after Slash, Duff McKagan, Izzy Stradlin, and Matt Sorum quit. Matt Sorum was their second drummer.
1: Okay, and when did he quit?
0: Uh I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Uh they were <laughs> they quit or were It says fired prior to the actual recording of the CD, which was, which began the actual recording of the CD began in 1997.
1: That's crazy. (laughs)
0: Man. But there's good news. Okay. Slash and Duff have reunited with Rose and are beginning, or they have, I shouldn't say they are beginning. They have been touring since 2017 as guns N' roses. Wow. And side note, I went in 2017 and it blew my mind. It they was a good. great show. Yeah. Really? Okay. Um being a fan of Guns N' Roses, seeing them with their most of the original lineup, it that's Guns N' Roses. What Axel tried to do with Chinese democracy it just didn't it didn't click like it wasn't like i i can listen to chinese chinese democracy Uh and it's a it's a it's a decent album there's some there's probably four or five good tracks on there okay and but it's just not like it's not like putting appetite for destruction into the the cd and like jamming yeah like i said i can listen to that all the way through
1: I'm not gonna lie; I cannot come up with a single song
0: off of Chinese Democracy, and you probably wouldn't. They do; they do play. I think they play a couple of the songs from the album live now. Okay. Um, I'd have to go back and look at that. I'd like to. I'd like to hear Axel's, or I'm not sorry. I'm sorry, Slash's musical input to mm-hmm. these songs. I would love to see him go back and re-record it. Yeah, with the original band.
1: That would be pretty cool.
0: That would be cool.
1: Imagine spending what was that, fourteen years? Mm-hmm. Fourteen. I think, years. I think so. Fourteen. Yeah. So imagine spending fourteen years trying to get this thing going and recorded, and having to fight through all of these legal issues. All the struggle within artist issues and someone like me, a thirty year old, who likes Guns N' Roses, has no idea like what was even on that album.
0: Yeah. Right. Imagine that. Imagine how
1: that would feel.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kinda sad, right? Yeah. All the effort and no reward.
1: Yeah. So how much did you? How much did you? Uh, I know I'm getting off track, but how much did you say it cost to record? Thirteen million.
0: Thirteen million.
1: Thirteen million dollars.
0: Yep. So, kind of doing a little bit of research on this this episode, you can go onto YouTube and look up, um, like Guns and Roses demos or like demos for Chinese Democracy. I found a little, uh, a lot of songs I didn't know about. Under the, the topic, Use Your Illusion 3. Okay. There's a lot of songs out there you can hear, but they they were never released. Okay. I'm not like, I don't know, I'm not encouraging anyone to go out there and like <laughs> uh, pirate them, but they're out there. Okay. And some of them are pretty decent. So these are songs that
1: Guns N' Roses recorded, but just never yeah. put on the album?
0: Yep. Okay. And then uh, recently, they—the rumor, the new rumor—hopefully <laughs> it's not another 14 years. The new rumor is that they're going to release an album sometime this next year, At, uh, with the original, the original three.
1: Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about the drummer who never came back.
0: Right. right? He, he. Yeah. They He's have a gone. new drummer. Yep. Okay. Duff McKagan slash axel okay I'm looking forward to it they do have a news track called perhaps it's not bad axel's voice is, is a little older
1: yep you it's, can tell the difference yeah, yeah. yeah it's
0: it's not bad uh after a few listens I kind of enjoy it yeah I uh I encourage people to go back and listen to to Chinese democracy it's it's interesting. There are some good songs, but is it? it's not nearly what they could have been. Okay. So I want to go
1: back to what you were saying about Axel and his voice and how it sounds older. Yeah. What is that? Because I've noticed, I've listened, so, you know, Van, not Van Halen, um, Led Zeppelin, right? Yes. Um, that's a good example. Plant, Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. So when he recorded the songs, he must have been at like peak vocal performance at that point. Yeah. But I've noticed if you go and listen to one of his songs that he played live, Mm -hmm. you can tell like it's almost like his voice is tired or worn out. That's
0: a good way to put it.
1: Why do you think that is? Do you think that's just age or do you think that's using your vocal cords so much that you can't do what you
0: used to or do you think it's just I think age has a lot to do with it but I also think substance has a lot to do with it
1: that's something I didn't Which think is about.
0: really sad. Yeah. Um and I think a lot of these artists are if they could go back and maybe help that a little bit they would they would not indulge in as much okay if they make it through I, I know that sounds terrible but like you talk about robert plant and and even Axel rose like there was a good chance that these people wouldn't or shouldn't have made it oh yeah for yeah. sure so i don't know yeah i would i would say there's age and, and substance
1: okay yeah that makes sense and,
0: and probably i mean if you're on tour all the time Night after night. Oh, dude. I mean, it
1: sounds like fun, right? But after like the fifth concert, you're probably like, "Okay, I'm done with this." Yeah. So I, I don't. You know, people keep having this conversation. Oh, it must be so hard to be a rock star. But, I mean, think about what that entails. Mm-hmm. That's actually a lot of work. To and your, who knows if you ever get caught up on sleep. Oh constantly traveling in a bus and a plane yeah that's and the a and the
0: expectation of having oh your last album was great this one better be good too yep yep mm-hmm.
1: and being in front of a huge crowd every night too yeah with they're paying customers and they expect to see you <laughs> yeah at yeah. your best yeah I mean, that must be that must be a lot of pressure
0: yep I have a personal uh, story to add to this. Okay. Um, not really Chinese democracy, but it, it it involves a little fail, in my opinion. In 1992, Guns N' Roses and Metallica toured together. Okay. Uh, they had performed, I believe, in St. Louis, and. Uh, Guns or I'm sorry, Metallica would perform first, which I don't understand why. Uh they should have been the, the main show. Head. Yeah. Yeah. But in this show, uh James Hetfield, mm-hmm. the the lead singer, guitarist of Metallica got burned by their uh Oh
1: yeah their
0: The Pyrotech. Pyrotech yeah, thank you. So they had to cancel a bunch of shows afterwards. Right. One of those shows was one that I was supposed to go to. Oh at, at Mile High. Really? So it was postponed. Thankfully it was just postponed. But uh we went. They rescheduled it for like two or three months later. And I was so excited to see Guns N' Roses. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. At the at especially at that time.
1: Oh yeah. That's prime time.
0: Yeah and uh, so metallica did their show it was amazing guns N' roses comes out they start their first song um, i don't know i don't remember what it was but axel's mic gave out and and the, it would it was rumored that he, they were having problems with uh, all their equipment anyway mm-hmm. so his mic gave out and i remember him slamming the mic on the on the stage And he walked out. He was done. He was done. So in the meantime, Slash did like a 30 minute guitar solo. Oh my gosh. Axel literally got into a limo. The driver was taking him out of town back to the hotel. And nobody knew about it. Like everyone's like, what what where did he go? Yeah. I don't want to say it was a rumor, but I've heard. That the, the concert promoter called the driver or whoever, his manager, and uh, threatened him with, with a gun and said, if you don't get back on stage, we're going to have a serious problem. <laughs> Rightfully <laughs> needless, so. Needless to say, Axel came back, finished the show. And it was, it was pretty cool. That oh, was, I, I was, I was so terrified because the, uh, the St. Louis show that had to be canceled. Yeah. Ended in a a riot. Oh, so I was like, I like, I don't want to be in a riot, man. Like, yeah, I'm out. So, but he came back and he finished the show. Yeah. So, so what was a 30 minute guitar solo? Like, oh, it was, it was amazing.
1: Nice. Was it like he had help from the band or was
0: he just uh, – Yeah, like, yeah, a little bit of help from the band. I think it was a lot of it. I want to say it was probably probably meant for later in the show. Okay. But I, you could tell a lot of it was just impromptu. Like
1: okay. he's still not out here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> could just keep going, yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's my almost fail with Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yeah
1: so first song Mike cuts out and he just yeah I'm out
0: yep what a guy yep Axl Rose has been called one of the most hated men in rock (laughs) did his personality make the album production a fiasco or was it something else I think definitely
1: Axl Rose would be to blame for the difference in artistic opinion that delayed the album oh yeah I would say 99% of the problems probably came from Axel and Axel's view of himself. Oh, yeah. I would say that was probably the majority. And also, in the story that you provided, Axel was behind a lot
0: of the legal issues, too. We didn't even get into the other legal battles that he had personally. Oh my god With former girlfriends uh, Concerts
1: Girlfriends?
0: Oh What? None of that had anything to do with the album But like during this time He was basically in in court Oh my (laughs) god This guy Does the length of the developmental hell Contribute to the disorganization Disunity And hate of Axl Rose Absolutely Okay I have no doubt Yeah,
1: because even even hardcore Guns N' Roses fans love the band but making your fans wait for 14 years that's not cool man especially when you you promise that this album will come 14 if you had a kid when they made this announcement it would be 14 14 years years old you'd be looking at getting a permit yep I mean Come
0: on, man. What is that all about? Exactly. I'll ask the next one. Would it have been better if it had never been released? Or should they have moved forward with it, even if it took years to finally come out?
1: That's a hard one for me to answer because I don't, I cannot
0: remember anything off of this album. You probably, I bet you, you haven't heard anything on it probably not
1: but i'm not i mean i'm a, a guns and roses fan like their first few albums but for somebody who lived and died for guns and roses yeah i think it would have been better if it had not come out okay because making someone wait for 14 years and then just I'm assuming it's not memorable because I haven't heard anything mm-hmm. on the album.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember some, my side question: Do you think it, if he would have said, "Okay, like we're not Guns N' Roses anymore, uh, we're another band, and we we're gonna release this Chinese Democracy or whatever he wanted to call it at the time," do you think it would have been better that way?
1: That presents so many legal problems. <laughs> I think he would he would have been better off just scrapping the project. Okay. Cause to record it with the original members and then just say,
0: Oh, this isn't Guns N' Roses, this is something else. Yeah. I don't think you can do that. Do you think if if it was maybe maybe labeled as a, a solo project? If it was labeled as a solo project and there was a
1: written agreement beforehand that the original members were just giving contributions to this album,
0: like maybe? Okay. I don't know. That's a good question. So I have a problem with... (laughs) I have a problem with artists or bands say... In, in, this is totally just my opinion, but like uh, if if the lead singer dies and that was kind of the era that kind of made the band, but they, oh, well, well we're going to get this guy off the street mm-hmm. to sing all those songs. I have a problem with that. Like yeah. if you wanna if you want to continue as a band, maybe call yourself something else and say, you know, we're still going to play these songs. Yep. I don't know why that makes a difference to me, but as a, as a fan, I feel like you're not giving the credit to what what happened or like how you came to be.
1: I kind of agree with you. Yeah. Because it's the identity of the band. Yeah. Right? The original members of a band of such magnitude as, say, Journey. Yeah. Or... ACDC those are huge bands that became incredibly popular because of the fact that these this group of people the right circumstances um, it all came together to make this sound yeah that's an identity
0: yeah speaking of which ACDC what do you think about that one's a hard one because I was just listening to the older stuff with Bon Scott Mm -hmm. and the newer stuff is just, that's kind of when I was in junior high, high school. Right. And I love that just as much. Do you view it as two
1: separate times, two different? Yes.
0: Yeah, I do. Okay. Which is, yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. I do too. Yeah. But I can't explain it. Right. Exactly. Because I think musically, I mean the sound of the singer, the timbre of his voice is different but the style of the music is pretty similar Yeah, ACDC is not a very complicated band and they weren't a complicated band before Bon Scott died Right. so I think they somehow managed to I don't even know how to say it because taking advantage of isn't the right word but to go past the hurdle like that is an incredibly hard thing to do. Yeah. And I think ACDC did it incredibly well. I think because their first major song with the new singer was Back in Black. Yeah. I think they they once again not took advantage of but could see a way out. Okay. And see a way to continue being successful while still providing the
0: respect and honor due to the original member. Guns N' Roses, they did tour after this album was released with, you know, with whatever band he had at the time. And it just wasn't appealing. I'm sure people went. Mm -hmm. um, But then when they said, oh, like, hey, Axel finally reconciled with Slash and, and, and uh duff like that like it it was like excitement again it was like oh my god like we're getting the band back together yeah see i think they went the from, original members yeah. make a big difference yeah they went from playing at a uh like a little arena not not super small like we saw at the uh mission ballroom yeah but they went from a, a smaller Maybe like a college football yeah, or a, something. Uh, like, yeah, like, like a college basketball yeah, type. Two playing, I still call it Mile High Stadium, in 2017. Yeah. Packed, sold out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. They, in fact, going back to when I saw them in 92, it was, it was cool because I got to see Guns N' Roses. But when I saw them in 2017... It was like, all right, this was the show that I wanted to see. Right. They played everything anybody wanted to hear. Right. And it was awesome. Yep. So, uh, yeah, having original members and and not having an ego. Yeah. That That would be. Goes a long way. It goes a long way. Yeah. So would you say this was a fiasco? Oh, absolutely. Would you say it was a failure?
1: The only reason I'm going to say it was a failure in addition to being a fiasco was because I don't know anything off that. album. OK, and I feel like a band the size of Guns N' Roses with how successful they were, any new music they put out. I feel like I should at least know a single song yeah. off of the album. OK, I cannot name a single song off of that album for 14 years of work and for me to not even know a single song I mean that's the only reason I would say it would would be a fail I'm sure it was a success commercially I'm sure they probably made some money on it but I mean at the end of the day a band once again the magnitude of Guns N' Roses should be able to put something out and it just become a smash
0: yeah yeah I don't know, what do you think? I think I'd, I would agree with... I agree with you. I think <laughs> it was a fail only because of how long the process took. Another reason
1: I'm going to say it was a fail was because imagine if they hadn't spent 14 years dealing with the legal, the the difference in opinion... They could have made probably two to three more albums. And who knows what could have been done, how successful those would have been.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Here's another question for you. As a band, do you force yourself to get through this recording and then maybe take some time off? Oh, yeah. That's what I say, too. I mean, there's a lot of... uh, albums out there that you you go back and you read about like the the tension and like mm-hmm. people not getting along and like the recordings getting lost or whatever mm-hmm. but yet th- when they get through it they release it and it's 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 gold yeah
1: yeah I think a lot of times the tension can make for better music okay yeah i think going through the different emotions can bring out different aspects of your artistry yes and i think people or bands such as led zeppelin who just maybe they had a very successful first solo or uh, debut album and then they take that money and invested into their next one, like what Led Zeppelin did. They bought a cottage out in the middle of the country. Yes. Built a recording studio in the cottage. Yep. They all lived together. They all had, you know, they're basically their life was living and recording the next album. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Whereas someone like Guns and Roses, like. Once again, Axl Rose just keeps coming to the front of my mind as a nightmare partner to be working with, but you got to get through it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is your paycheck. Mm -hmm. This is
0: what you are known for. You have to do it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to throw out there that if uh, we'd like to try and uh, have, if anybody listens... We'd like to have you maybe send in your fails or flops or fiascos for the week or month or your lifetime. We'd love to hear from you. I second that. Maybe you'll get featured on the next episode. Yep. We'll read it. You can be anonymous. We can also say your name if you want. Just send it in. If you're at the Guns N' Roses show, send it in.
1: Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Please follow us on Twitter at FX3podcast. Our Instagram is at f3pod underscore cast. And Facebook is failures, flops, and fiascos. Please feel free to submit your fail of the week to fx3podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next time.